I'm getting ready to go get married. And in my mind is like, it's time to get real. I had a, a diamond dealing book. My dad's a jeweler in Mexico. My uncle is here. And you were going to follow that path for a minute. I was going to follow that path. That, so this is where I'm saying that I reached that wall. Bro, I had nothing for this girl. When I went to go ask her hand in marriage, you know, my mother-in-law, rightfully so, was not supporting. Wow. Rightfully, it was a very hard encounter when I showed up and I was humbled. And I feel this woman... I feel what she's saying. I feel her concern. Mm. You know, I have nothing, literally nothing. I'm about to start going to school for diamond dealing. God knows how that's going to go. It takes years to be able to do something like that. I mean, it was going to be a grind that I was getting ready to really dive in there. I was like that dude in that meme about to break through and hitting the wall and looking back and saying, ah, this is it. Like, I think it's time to turn around and, and dig a different tunnel. Welcome back, guys, to episode number 56 of Connection is Magic. Thank you so much for coming back and tuning in. This week is a monster episode. We sit down with Angel Lopez, multi-platinum, Grammy-winning music producer and songwriter. He goes into the story of how he almost walked away from music. He was like that meme with the two guys digging for diamonds and the one guy's like an inch away and turns back after all the work. He was that guy. We get that story from him. We get the story of how his wife had to work double shifts at Applebee's to keep them afloat, barely making it, and how his future mother-in-law law at the time was not approving when he wanted to marry her daughter, which you got a glimpse of in the clip you just heard. We also touch on the important idea that many of us feel like we're ready for our break or something great to happen before we actually are. Lastly, if you haven't yet signed up for the text community, please go do that. You can do that on the Instagram page, which is just my name, S-A-M-S-O-N underscore Shulman, S-H-U-L-M-A-N. Simply hit the text button and it will automatically get you signed up so that you'll get notified beforehand of new episodes, discounts on awesome merchandise that we're in the middle of creating right now, and other benefits. This is going to be a two-part episode. I know you guys are going to get a ton out of this. Here's part one. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to Connection is Magic. I'm your host, Samson Shulman, a former music executive turned podcaster and coach. In a world obsessed with the highlight reel and keeping our difficulties hidden behind the curtain, we end up feeling lonely and isolated, and opportunities for human connection are missed. On this podcast, we dive deep with our guests and get them to share those dreaded, unfiltered pieces. We learn how to make lemonade out of life's lemons and realize adversity isn't sent to break us, but rather shape us into the greatest versions of ourselves. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Now let's begin our journey back home to Connection. Welcome everybody to episode number 56 of Connection is Magic and a super duper special guest in the house right now, Angel Lopez. What's up, bro? What's good, bro? Thank you I'm so chilling. much for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. I had to come <laughs> do this, man. I had a good feeling about it and I show up and man. the vibe walking in here and then you got light like this, bro. This is like, this this life, man. It means a lot, grateful. man. Thank you. Yeah, brother. Let's just kick it back real quick. I always like to start off for a heartbeat on like where are you from where you grew up because i think that influences you know the kind of the vibe of the person so much yeah yeah and for we sure. touched on it a little bit about how midwest people have yeah a certain thing to them so so i'm i consider myself adopted into the midwest so i was born in oxnard california so mm. 805 and then a few days later i ended up in san isidro which is right at the border of uh of tijuana and, and san diego you know mm -hmm. so san isidro is like a burb um, right by the border. And, um, and I was raised there till I was like 10. So spoke Spanish 
every time in school. I didn't learn English until I was about nine, ten. Wow. Heavy accent, you know. And then mom's like, you know, single mom, you know, we got to move to Ohio. You know, <laughs> she she's bilingual. And back then, you know, the demand for interpreters was heavy. So we end up in Ohio and that was that, man. I fell in love with the Midwest and I love the vibe. And, and yeah, man, that's where the journey, you know, started. I picked up the guitar right before um, my mom was dating uh, this guy who was a guitarist and she played in a cover band, you know, wedding band type of thing. And I just, I remember going to the rehearsals and in between the breaks, I'd grab the guitar and try to make a sound out of it. And he taught me a couple chords and I just fell in love with it. And I remember him very strict, but he said for about two months, he's like, I'm going to teach your son to the point he's going to fall in love with it and come back to it alone. Mm. Sure as hell happened, bro. It's crazy. It's like, you know, gets me, um, starts teaching me. I forgot exactly what it was, but man, I'd get home from school sometimes. Right. And it was like, if he can't hear it clearly, you know, because you play guitar, you got to put your fingers on a fingerboard. And if he couldn't hear it clearly, it's like, start all over, start all over. So sometimes I wouldn't eat until I could figure out and play these exercises he had me playing. Wow. You know, you might, it might sound abusive. It wasn't. Now that I think I about it. I got a little it, Joe Jackson vibe for a second, yeah, but it wasn't nah, like that. It wasn't <laughs> like that. But it was, you know, to me, it was like, damn, I fell in love with it, man. And sure enough, it started becoming to where... You know, I'm in Ohio, I'm in high school, carry my guitar around everywhere, seventh grade. Everybody remembers that. Isn't Banging. that what's nice about a guitar? Because, you know, I play just for fun, but I'm like, man, you could take that thing anywhere, like the portability Bro, of it, right? Anywhere. You know? And I'd walk around with this tiny little red amp my mom bought me, and I, you know, and it was this like Yamaha cheap guitar that was given to me by my mom's ex or whatever, and... Man, I'd go to lunch and I'd eat my fries, eat my food, and then go straight across the you know Memorial Middle School. There's an auditorium, and I go plug that amp and just like play "Sweet Home Alabama" and just like this Blink 182. That's beautiful, you man. Know? I got the nice just, visual there. Yeah, and everything. bro. Yeah. It's just like, and yeah. that was, and I was that guy in school that carried the guitar. You know, mm -hmm. the white-looking Mexican kid with the accent, and then come across this kid, Jason Smith, that made beats, and and I see Jake. You know, he was rapping this white dude that that had bars, man, and and I started banging on the on the tables, and you know, I was shout that out guy. icy Jake. I like that yeah, rapper name icy there. Jake, man. That's the <laughs> homie still, man. I still, you know, I still touch base with my people out there, and and that's when like, I mean, well, let, let me rewind a little bit. My influences growing up, it was a lot of Mexican music. It was the mm. cleaning music, mm. you know, the the ranchero music, the the it was that type of vibe that my mom had me so. I wasn't necessarily exposed to a lot of like R&B classics and, and like soulful stuff till later on, even hip hop. Like my mom didn't let me hear that. The closest thing I had was like this Mexican rock band called Maldita Vecindad, which were like very vulgar rock. Mm. And she would break my tapes and my dad would give me another one. And it was like my influences growing up were like so different, you know. And then my cousin exposes me to Dr. Dre, The Chronic, and that, that was life changing. Kid Rock, like all these vibes that obviously had a lot of curse words and mom was not happy with. But that was when my mind was like, yo, this is crazy. I'm like, yo, I could put beats on this guitar, you know, that these guitar chords I'm coming up with. I could put nice little drum sounds and piece it together. So my boy Antonio Jeremiah, I go to his house and he plays this Jay-Z DVD. He plays that famous clip of Timbaland. And I was like, yo, that is it right there. If you look at that clip, all those yeah. bees are like, there's like ethnic, like Arabic sound. And I'm drawn to that because of my Mexican background. Like that sounds like different to me. 
Mm. And the drums were so different. The sonics, I was like, yo. And then I started digging into Tim. And then I realized, oh, he's the one doing Aaliyah. He's the one doing Missy. I'm like, yo, this is like God. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, this is ultimate. Here you have this producer dressing up this world music in this crazy way with these knocking like drum sounds that you weren't hearing anywhere else. For and sure. I fell in love with that. I'm like, yo, this guy is literally my hero. This is my idol. I want to be doing these type of beats, you know, and I made this beat and I sent it in. I really liked this Chicano rapper called MC Magic. He had a group named Embry Riders and they were super big out here in the West. And he hit me up. I was in the middle of exams, I think freshman year or something. And he hits me up. He's like, yo, can you come tomorrow? You know, he gave me my first shot. I was 16, flies me out and... I ended up doing two songs and one of them was one of his biggest singles called All My Life. And I had a great relationship with him. You know, he would have me come out to do shows with him. I got to play like big venues, man, like Anaheim, like how many seaters? I think I did like a 17,000 person show when I was 16. Your and first kind of surreal moment right there, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember being at that particular show, man, like it was a flood of people because it's a it's an it's a pavilion so you got like the seats and then they have the lawn Mm. and bro it looked like a sea of people and i'm like i gotta block that out because i'm getting nervous my hands got cold and i remember that particular show i didn't use in-ears you had the wedges Mm -hmm. and bro the mix was so loud all i could hear was my guitar and i'm like i'm just gonna play it i just gotta keep going there's no you know we're here we're doing it and i remember doing that show and it was great man it was a great learning experience that magic had me around and believed in me early on so i started just developing my skill uh magic bought me a copy of reason three um which i'll never forget going to guitar center he's like yo grab that box that's for you and i was like wow you know, he was really like one of the first people. And there's numerous people back home that always believe in my, my friend Mark Abrams and just a bunch of people that always believed and invested. Um, Tony Talkboss and teaching me, you know, certain things about production and kind of grooming me with the basics. So these people saw something in you that you didn't yet see in yourself. Oh, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I remember I started working at this car lot with with my best friend's dad. My best friend had, had passed away and he hooked me up. He gave me money in advance. I'm like, I need to buy a Mac. You know, I need to get on Logic. So Mm. can you just front me? I'm going to help you out with the lot, establish it, whatever. Can you just front me the payment? Again, no money at the time. No money at all, man. Like, honestly, I was like hustling, man. Like, I remember selling like raspados, which is the icy, the Mexican icy. Like I started, bro, I had so many hustles just trying to figure out because it wasn't, I wasn't lazy. I worked at Guitar Center and what's crazy is I, I ran into Josh Dunn the other day. He's a drummer of 21 Pilots. He was a manager at the time Come at on, Guitar bro. Center. Yeah. Dude, it's funny. I always run into him at LAX. And shout out to him and, and Joseph, man. They're an incredible band. Incredible people. From Columbus, Ohio. Which I is had like no us. idea they were from Ohio, Yeah, though. bro. They're right there. And, crazy. and I ran into him at the airport. Uh, when was it? I was heading to Miami to work with, with Jack. And... Um, and we talked about that. I was like, oh, you're you're my manager, bro. That's crazy. <laughs> so, Yo, so, by yeah. the way, stories like that are kind of why I created the podcast platform, bro. Bro, it's wild. Just to know what's possible when you start out in these situations, man, it, it never gets old. Life is unpredictable, man. And, and you just don't know. You never know. Let's pick it back up in the timeline. I'm in Guitar Center. And, bro, it's funny. Like, I, I probably lasted there two months because I... 
make beats in the back. My mind was like, I was there to make music and take advantage of the Mac computer that was fresh and that had all the plugins. So I would literally go and I'd take a little flash drive and I'd make the beats and then take them with me. I told you I had different hustles and my boy Flick uh, was doing video and he taught me how to do some video editing and, and how to carry around the cam and all that. So there was this session going down with this Columbus artist named Kim Joyce. And they asked Flick if he could come shoot. So I came as a second camera person because I knew Chase and Cash was going to be there. And I knew he had produced mm. for Ammon that like, you know, I was like, yo, I got to be there just to network. Mm. So there I show up and I had beats already. You know, I already this was fast forward. I already had my, my logic and I started developing a sound. And this was like, oh, nine. My friend City from 1075 in Power 1075 in Columbus, he always showed love. Mm-hmm. That was a dude that was also monumental. He'd call me like, yo, Drake's going to be here. Like, bring me a C, you know, a CD tape. Yo, such and such is going to be here. Like, wow. bring your beats. He like he always believed he always knew like, yo, this kid's got a sound. It's different. But anyway, show up to that studio it was a marriage sound is like, old ass studio in columbus bro show up chasing cash is there and i who i thought was the manager chris cash you know and i'm like yo can i play you some beats i pulled him up after and i was so nervous he's like yo you kind of dope you, you know how chris <laughs> yeah. he's like shout out chris in for shout out to chris because that's how we got yeah, here that's how he linked it so he saw me with the cam he thought i was just a cam guy he's like okay so he gave me his number and um and then he hit me back. Chris was still at Interscope then too, yeah, right? Yeah, he yeah. was in there. Mm-hmm. And I started looking, I'm like, yo, this guy is the guy. Mm-hmm. So he always kept me in the loop. I would send him stuff. Yeah, okay, like, yo, that's dope. That one's kind of, uh, that, that he always kept it real. Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciate about people is when they keep it real and, and they do that. So this is 09. And I remember um, he hit me up. He's like, yo, uh, you want to come shoot this thing, Steve Lobel? Who's been on up. this podcast, by the way? Oh, I love Steve <laughs> yeah. Lobel. Shout out, Steve! I, bro, I had dude. a full circle moment. I, I, we'll get to that. Yeah, Steve Lobel is amazing. So I came and shoot this. He was speaking to the school. You know, like Lobel's got so much game, man. Like he I does. love any session he's around. Just the energy he brings, and when he just opens his mouth, it's just like free game. Hundred percent. He went and spoke to these kids, and he kept around. Remember those? This, this was. Like, there was, like, a kid that was, like, being a little mouthy or something. He's, like, and he straight up talked to him and just gave the child some perspective. So, I was there to capture that on camera. Nice. And um, anytime Chris would call, I'd be, like, yo, absolutely. It was, I saw it as paying my dues. I saw it as, like, I got to build what I didn't coin this at. My pastor coined this term relational currency, you know, but I didn't know that then. Talk to us about relational currency. Relational so. currency. So, it's this whole concept of investing in your relationships. It's not necessarily with the with the ends of what can I get back out. It's not that because it's like when you go put money in the bank, it's not like what can I get out of it. It's not like you get, yeah, you might get some interest, whatever, but it's more of investing and nurturing that relationship. And that's something that is so undervalued. You know, some people just call you out the blue and nah, nah, nah. it's like invest. How are you? That's an mm. investment. Not because you're going to need a favor later, but it's just an investment in that relationship. Just being a human, first and foremost. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But if you coin it, it's relational currency mm. in terms of it's like a garden. You know what I'm saying? You got to protect. Bro, one of my closest friends has been using the word garden nonstop for the last bro, month, bro. Bro, you got to. That's you, amazing. It's, it's a plant. You know, plants are beautiful. They're life. It's like you got to invest in your relationships. And it's not with the with like a, to, to get a return. 
you know, it's, it's just not, period that, is to invest. It's yeah. pure to invest because if that relationship is good, you're good. You're building a culture around it. You're building this phenomenal garden around you that's going to keep you alive. And Chris is a great dude that I admire. He has a great track record. He's involved with Chase and Cash, who I look up to. He's another producer. I was like, yo. In my opinion, like, you just try and stay close to good people. Like, it's like simple. And I've always been attracted (laughs) to just good people. Yeah. I was trying to get in, man. I knew I had a sound. You think back, whatever you're about to do, right? Yeah. You think, I'm ready. And then you go back and think, I wasn't ready. Bro. And you could be talented and skilled at what you're doing. And you're like, I thought that was going to be the door that was going to, you know what I mean? And, And then that door closes on you. You know, we were playing the Benny Cassette cool animation piece. That was amazing. You saw in that little video, man, closed door, closed door, closed door. Like, imagine like, dude, just like threw in the towel. Can you imagine right now? Like how many people that next door might have been the door that would have changed it You've for seen them? that meme of the guy digging and he's about to literally break through and he turns around. I got chills right now. I yes, mean, bro, yes, that's, that's yes. such a powerful yes. image because that happens every day to people. Mm. And it almost happened to me. 2010, Timberland goes to Columbus, Ohio uh, for Shock Valley Tour. So I had to be there. I had no money. Um, I snuck into the show. I showed up super <laughs> early and snuck through the back and pretended I was part of crew with my, she's my wife now, wow. with my girl. And she was down. She's like down, down, man. She was like, all right, let's do it. I love it. We show up. I recognize Marcus, his cousin, aka manager. Mm. And um, Marcus Spence. You know, I had I had looked it up. Who's the manager? Marcus Spence. So you just saw his image online. He had a Bluetooth, big gray coat. And I handed him this beat tape. I was like, yo, I made it. Like, I, I, I gave it to Tim's manager. <laughs> bro, let me yeah. get that, bro. <laughs> bro, I, so I really did. To me, I thought I had it then. I told you. I was like, yeah. that beat tape to me, I was like, I got the vibes in there. I, I probably didn't, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, there was probably some cool stuff, but now I think about it, I'm like, all you right. You weren't ready. You weren't ready. I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And I see why that tape probably never made it to his ears. And thank God, because he fast forward a few years later and it was a little bit different, you know? So that was 2010. Come to 2014. I'm like, all right, it's time to get married. Mm. I love this girl. This woman beautiful. has been amazing. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's supportive. She is incredible. And it's time to do this. So we do a destination wedding because it was the cheapest option. Mm -hmm. Hop on a flight, stop in Miami. And I grab $1,000 cash and I went to go change it for pesos. And dog, I handed the money. And on the corner of my eye, I see this car zooming in to the gate right next door in Miami. If y'all been to Miami, it's, it's in gate. It's in the American Airlines terminal. And there's this currency exchange and there's a gate right next to it. I forgot exactly what gate, but Timbaland, dog, (laughs) with a big ass security guard just rolls right there. And I remember just turning around, my jaw dropped. I'm like, this is it. This is the moment. I'm going to get him right here. This is it. Because I'm getting ready to go get married. And in my mind is like, it's time to get real. I had a, a diamond dealing book. My dad's a jeweler in Mexico. My uncle is here. And, and I read that about you. You were going to follow that path for a minute. I was going to follow that path. That, so this is where I'm saying that I reached that wall. Bro, I had nothing for this girl. When I went to go ask her hand in marriage, you know, my mother-in-law, rightfully so, was not supporting. Wow. Rightfully. It was a very hard encounter when I showed up and I was humbled. And hmm. I feel this woman... I feel what she's saying. I feel her concern. Mm. You know, I have nothing, literally nothing. 
I'm about to start going to school for diamond dealing. God knows how that's going to go. It takes years to be able to do something like that. And but, I'm starting but that was going to be a rough road for a minute for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was going to be a grind. I was getting ready to really dive in there. And I was a, I was like that dude in that meme about to break through and hitting the wall and looking back and saying, ah, this is it. Like, I think it's time to you know, turn around and, and dig a different tunnel. Timberland goes across and I remember I like, I forgot about the money. I'm pretty sure that the, the lady that was in there was like, yeah, sir, your money, your pesos. Bro, I turned around and I was like, the first thing I could say, bro, I'm like, yo, can I get a picture? He was running late. I, I remember posting on Facebook like, Mr. Timberland, I hope you made your flight. And it was like, that's it, you know. There, there went Timberland, but to me, that was a big nudge. I'm getting emotional right now. That's yeah, crazy. Bro, bro, it was wild. That moment was a real moment for you, bro. It was wild. It was wild. Yeah. It was, it was like a, it was literally a nudge that I didn't see coming from God. Just like, yo, you might want to stay in a little bit. You might mm. want to, you might want to not hang up the gloves yet. I go back to the gate and I'm almost in tears. Somehow, like, yo. I just saw Timbaland, babe, like, yo, this is crazy. Look at this picture I got of him. And this Tim, like, super, I think he was heading to, like, an award show or something because he was, like, he was swagged out. He looked like, like, some on some Matrix, like, long coat, glasses, just, like, Timbo, Timbo, you know? That encounter right there was just, like, constantly in my mind, that whole flight to Cancun. And that was, like, the conversation, you know, to my then fiance, just, like, Man, that was Timbaland. That's crazy, right? There. Bro, I'm, I'm sitting here like trying to gather my thoughts because that's such a wild moment for me. Where does this go next? I mean, yeah, go get married, come back. And this is in August. So here I am on Instagram, 2014. I'm playing guitar at church and, and I'm making beats still from, from my bedroom. I would never post beats online, man. There was like sound mm. click and all these things. Mm. And I, I just felt like it was undervalued to go lease a beat. I was like, I can't do that. I know my stuff is good. It sounds different than that stuff I'm hearing. I know it's good. I got a pop sound. I, mm. I can't be like... You don't want to cheapen your brand It wasn't on some ego. Is it was just it simply... Yeah, it was just simply like, I don't see myself leasing beats. Mm. Like, yeah, I could make 25 bucks a lease and, you know, you get four leases. That's 100 bucks. And you start calculating, but I'm like, I know I'm... I know I got I got to find a different route. I got to start reaching out to people online. Yeah. At that time, Tim had like 100,000 followers surprisingly yeah. i don't think that the blue checks existed yet and i remember it was like winter like december 2014 i remember i had this one beat and i would never post it i got encouraged by illmind illmind already had the the produce that honestly helped me get back into the beat making culture because he'd had these black kids and he'd post these contests my boy tony Topbox would post beat clips and i'm like maybe i should put a couple mm. beat clips i put one beat clip up and my wife tagged Timberland. She, she tagged said. Timberland. Yeah, she went on the comments and said, you have to check out Angel Lopez, da-da-da. And then she commented on my video, tagged Timberland a few times. Timberland follows me, dog. And I was like, nah, this shit ain't Timberland. It's got to be one of the fake Timberland this accounts, fake right? Timberland. <laughs> this is some bullshit. Tim ain't following me. I get DM. Like, you got more beat clips. I'm like, man, this, this can't be Timberland. But you know what? It might be Timbaland. Who knows? Start sending him beat clips, bro. So at this time, I was selling shoes, bro. I started selling Kobe shoes. And Ooh. I had like, I'd make like 900 bucks a week. Yeah. The first pair of shoes I ever lined up for was a pair for Kobe's. I stood at the mall for 17 hours, bro. So I could get this pair. And then I had my little brother show up. And I had, I made some cool friends, man. Then um, just, you know, in the in the shoe 
game before it was what it was now now it's crazy everybody just buys to now resell. It's all bots. i did it the hard way i went and lined up i i gave people some commission to go stand in line with me it started like it was being shaky and then my wife was working at applebee's i don't know where he gives me an email you know and i'm like man this is definitely not tim his email is that obvious nah this ain't tim this guy is bullshitting me man bro I went with it and my wife literally looked at me and said, look, take this year off. I got us. I'm going to work Applebee's. I got us, bro. This girl went and worked double shifts at Applebee's to make ends meet and be able to pay, you know, the bills, bro. And she was bringing in. She's such a she's beautiful one. And she's so like she's such a nice person. She had like regulars come in and she was bringing in some money that, you know, where we were living, we were still paycheck to paycheck, but not worried like that. Like she probably brought in more money than I was. You know what I'm saying? But she literally looked at me and said, hey, focus on the music. You have your hero's attention. You don't know what's going to happen. Just focus. I got us. For that, I'm forever grateful, man, because she's like she is the cornerstone of my relationship. You know, she's crucial part of my life and not only because of that just the simple friendship i have with her is what's like her name again amira shout out amira yeah, thank you for thank baby. you for bridging that gap man yeah absolutely <laughs> so she held it down man and it was every day to me it was get up make beats send the clips to tim until he gave me the email she was there to bridge that gap for you and what i want the listeners to take away is sometimes god will put people on our path Mm-hmm. to keep us going doesn't just doesn't have to be our wife or our brother it could be a friend it could be it could a be pastor anyone. bro and it's just every interaction counts we don't think about that enough man because mm-hmm. that would blow our minds if we really thought about that it just, would okay it would you don't realize till after and then you go back and say oh that's why that person or this situation absolutely man it. and that just needs to be hammered home right now i mean bro yeah. big time because we're human we see just what's in front of us and we don't really think big picture but those type of things taught me to think big picture and move from big picture mentality mm. it's, it's marathon mentality it's not a race and the sooner you develop that bro that's a chico you want to talk about the codes that for us talking about that is the code man it's thinking long term thinking you can big look at the picture. camera when you're saying this bro that's for them right there yeah. right yeah that's big picture mentality codes big picture big code that's like super cheat code in life man Mm. that's what it was man it was focusing on on that you know sending beats now to the email (laughs) and tim would respond like yo fire he'd be like yo that's hot yo i just got this image you're thinking in your head like is this really a 16 year old kid in like pensacola florida every time But I'd get excited because, okay, Tim, you know, it's Tim's Instagram to the email and he's replying. Let's go back to my friend Gildy, right? He started getting into film composing and he's incredible. And then I had Tim's email and I was like, yo, I'm going to give you Timbaland's email. And you're going to, you're not going to tell him where you got the email from. Cause I don't want to be that guy that's passing around his email. I, I, you know, I don't want, I don't know how Tim's Tim would probably not care because Tim loves getting and meeting new producers. Mm. Like he loves that. He feeds off of the culture of producers and the new kids. He loves that. He's like, he's really that guy. He's always welcoming. Right. So he probably wouldn't have trip, but I didn't know that. I didn't know Tim like that. And I remember telling him like, yo, email him. It's just, Email him and say, I'm a film composer. I'm not a producer. Have you ever thought about doing film? Blah, blah, blah. 
Next day, I'm in church and Gildy calls me pretty much crying like, yo, I just got off the phone with Timbaland. I was on the phone with him for three hours. I hadn't gotten a call, but then I knew like, it is Timbaland. And I was like, man, I'm so happy. Because now you know it's real. And now I know it's real, but more than anything, it's my friend. And I wasn't holding back. I didn't care if he, I I didn't feel any type of way that he got the call from Tim right away. I knew that was going to happen because Mm. Gil's sound, like you're talking about like film and you're sending that to Timbaland, and Timbaland is a massive, like, he, the way he explains music is through movies. Mm. Like, working with him, he'd be like, yo, we gotta do it like like Black Mirrors. It's gotta feel like that. So he'll give you these crazy visuals. That's amazing, of, by the way. Oh, it's yeah. genius. I mean, the man is like something else, you know? So now I know it's real. Now I know, okay. I'm like, you sure it was him? He's like, yeah. He's like, yo, it's Timbo with the D voice. I'm like, yo, it is him. Oh, shoot. <laughs> so I get home from church, Grammy time, right? And I had sent a beat. I remember I sent a few beats that day or whatever. Watching the Grammys and Sam Smith's performing. I think it was Stay he was performing. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, 2015, right, now we're talking, right? Yes. Yep. I get a call from a 305 number. Who the hell is this? <laughs> I'm going to answer it. It's 305. You know, I know it's not a, nobody's calling. No scammers or spammers are calling on a Sunday night, you know, from yeah, 305. That's true. It's not about to be an insurance company or a collector's call calling me right now. Answer it. Yo. It's Timbo. <laughs> Bruh. I started hyperventilating. I'm like, yo, what's up, man? You know, I started literally and I ran to my little studio and I sat there. I spoke to Timbaland for an hour, bro. And we spoke about God. Mm. We spoke about, he just, I remember him telling me like, yo, you're different. I just feel your spirit. Like there's something different about you, bro. And I believe in you. Your sound is different. You're a pop producer. You, you hear stuff different. You're not there yet. But I got you. I'm going to groom you. Those were his words. Those were his words. And I remember him sending me a text after and saying, I called my mom and I told her that I, I just, you know, connected with you. And this is like a friendship sent from God. I didn't know what he meant then. Now, when I think about it, Man. Tim was going through it then. You know, he's in the middle of a divorce. He's in the middle of, of a battle with addiction. And I didn't know that then, though. Wow. You know, but I'm like, yo, I'm going to pray for you because I was deeply involved in my church and I would send him sermons. You didn't know that he was going through this chapter, though? No, I didn't know. But you just felt like I should pray for this dude? Well, yeah, I just wanted to pray for him because, you know, in church, that's what you want to do. You want to pray for people. And genuinely, it's it's not sending a prayer emoji. You know, it's genuinely sitting down in your thoughts and opening up your communication to God and really praying. And I asked my pastor, please pray for Timbaland. Not... It wasn't even like pray for him to to bring me in. It was pray for the man. You know, I know these artists go through stuff. I know, you know, Hollywood is crazy, bro. It, it's, it, it drives artists. Why you think we got this podcast going? I mean, bro, it really <laughs> and is. And the thing is, is, you know, I call this podcast, bro, Connection is Magic, because most people won't let you in on what's going on behind the scenes. First part of the conversation, like, it's through sharing and connecting with our fellow man. That's where we get our sustenance from. Big time, bro. Bro, it's spiritual bro, you food. Yeah. It's so important. The, who's the first person you call after this amazing Timberland call? I mean, I just told my wife. I was crying. I was crying. I'm like, I got the call. And I don't know where this is going, but this is because you're doing double shifts. This is because you're supporting this. And I got a call from Timbaland and he told me. And then seeing that text of him saying, I just spoke to my mom about you. I mean, this is Timbaland. He doesn't have to call me, bro. He doesn't have to tell me that he talked to his mom about it, that he literally told me I felt a God connection through it. And I feel like that's why my friendship and relationship with Tim is so strong. Like we literally, like we become great friends. 
he's not only my mentor, like he's my friend. Like I'm, I'm there for him when he need whatever he needs. I got his back. I remember people trying to instill doubt, like, man, you heard Tim rip, blah 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 blah. You read that? I'm like, bro, let me experience it. Let me be human and 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 meet this human because he's a human. You know what I'm saying? First, yeah. And I didn't know he was going through through that patch in his life, which he's talked about before openly. I didn't find out till after. Now it was, I got his number so I could text him stuff. And it was just texting him every day. So then I started seeing he was working with Tink, who I'm a massive fan till this day. And anytime I would see Tim working with an artist, it's almost, I, I, forget, I think it was Jay-Z or somebody touched up on on this thing of how valuable it is to have people where you don't have to tell them what to do. They just... They see what you're doing and they're in tune with as a team. They're in tune where you're going, where you're heading, and they just gravitate towards that. He was going to be in the studio with da-da-da-da, boom. Da, and it was just constantly just seeing his moves, not asking him, and just like subliminally just like, yo, here's a beat. Missy, okay, boom. And I stayed on that. It was that grind. All the way through summer, we did a road trip with five friends of ours. Mm. It was my friend Orlando, his sister, and then the cousin from Mexico. And we're like, yo, let's go to Miami. You know, my, and my wife, you know, mm. let's just go to Miami. We've never been there. Let's just put our money together, get an Airbnb and figure it out. We ended up in this nasty Hollywood, uh, Hollywood Florida, Florida. Yeah, that had bugs Sorry. in it. Bro. Sorry to Hollywood, Florida. <laughs> it had bugs like, but like nasty. It was nasty, bro. Yeah. But we stayed there. And I told Tim, I'm like, yo, I'm out here in Miami. He's like, let me take you out to eat. I'm like, yo, this is wild. So. We went out and I got dropped off at Ball Harbor, which is a crazy mall that you pull up and you see the Bentleys. You see all that. I'm like, the air is expensive in this mall, bro. Every time the door opened to a store, I was like, that's five dollars, bro. That's bougie, bro. Super dope mall. I go there now. That's where I buy my perfume at Neiman Marcus. <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, this guy's got a good taste of perfume. I smell I smell the I uh, cologne coming that, in. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that cologne is actually Tim's cologne that he's launching. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so I'm trying to, you know, he's making me a part of it because he knows I'm such a fan of perfume. That's awesome. Everybody knows, like when Tim it's funny because Tim will show up and you just know he's there that scent it just comes and you're like <laughs> tim's here or tim's been here like you just know you're walking around hip factory you could tell when tim is there. so back to this thing so you're at the mall you're waiting for tim waiting for tim yeah. he's like meet me at this place called carpaccio so i waited for a while he ended up like being delayed but man, i wasn't tripping it was hot as hell not, yeah. bro it, it, the true story it was so hot that i went and chilled in the fucking restroom bro like <laughs> excuse the language i was chilling it was so hot in miami I'm a big guy, bro. <laughs> yeah. This is August, dead summer in Miami. I was going in a restroom waiting for him. And then I went into different stores pretending I was about to buy. I didn't have money. I had nothing, bro. I, I thought I was paying for my day. I, I had no clue. So Tim shows up and we had dinner and it was amazing. So talking through this moment, when, when Tim first walks up, man, are you a school kid excited, right? I mean, I mean you must have real, been. bro. Yeah. I'm going to send you the picture. The first picture we took outside of Carpaccio. Please, we'll post it and with the episode. Yeah, bro. Mm. And it was like, it was like full circle. I'm like, yo, mm. we, we're here. I'm like, we're really here. And then the crazier part after is like, where are you staying? I'm like, well, you know, my wife and them are in uh, downtown right now, like Biscayne Bay or whatever. He said, like, I'm going to drop you off. So Vaughn pulls up, his driver, friend for years of Tim's, and he pulls up in the Maybach. He's like, I jump in. So I jumped in, and I remember on the seat in the Maybach, there was a, a black sock with pills, you know? And I still didn't put two and two together. I didn't, I didn't know, you know, what. 
I didn't know Tim was going through stuff. He was just such a good dude, man. Just open, just wanting to work and, and wanting to tap in with the youth. Yeah, he gives me a ride. First song he plays is Coldplay, Midnight, oh. in, in the Maybach. I'm like, you mm-hmm. like Coldplay? He's like, yeah, that's, that's my boy. <laughs> Chris is my boy. We heard the whole song. Favorite, One of my favorite Coldplay records. So that's a full circle moment, too. Wife walked the aisle to Yellow. I proposed to her to Yellow. Like, Coldplay is my favorite band, hands down. This is too crazy. <laughs> it's wild, bro. I, I still scratch my head, you know, but I'm grateful. I'm just in a grateful place you know in life where i'm just like i take it and i say thank you god i'm just like thank you god for letting me hear this story bro yeah, like it's, it's like those far fetch but it's possible this is like spirit food that's what i call this just yeah. hearing the story bro it's nah. amazing. you're a church guy right yeah, so your test testimony. will be your testimony your mess will be your message i believe in that wholeheartedly bro yeah wholeheartedly oh, big time, bro so yeah we ride back and, and then he starts playing some unreleased stuff like tink and i was like I, I want the I want traffic, but it's Sunday in Miami. There's no traffic, <laughs> yeah. You know, and he dropped me off, and and man, that was a that was a pretty dope experience. Mm. You know, we talked about God again, and he pretty much said he's like, I'm, I'm gonna keep you around me, and I'm gonna groom you, like I'm gonna teach you how to be a producer. And I saw an opportunity where I could fit in his team and be a team player and be a part of something bigger than myself. I didn't just, I didn't always think about me. I always thought I'm going to do this with a team. It's a squad. It's the Lakers. It's not Kobe. It's Kobe and Shaq. You know what I'm saying? It's, there's always a team. There's always a team behind everything, bro. I can't tell you how many people have come on this podcast who've done really cool things. And they, they all stress that point right there. They it's all, super important. all of them bar none say, yo, you can't do it on your own. Like everybody. Not, there's yeah. not a man out there that's successful on his own. Fast forward to 2016. There was this band that he signed, this girl group called Obsessed. Mm-hmm. It's a trio, super dope girls out of Atlanta. Um, I'm still homies with them. And Kenzie's incredible writer, super dope. They were doing a stop in Vegas. So I had booked a flight to California. I ended up in California, no money. I came out here. I met some of the Team Timbo people. Shout out to Yanni, Buckmouth Beats. And this is after you met Timberland, obviously, right? So yeah, it's yeah. Like... I had already knew Tim, but I, was, I wasn't making money. I was still planting seeds and showing him I'm down for the team. I want to build with you. I want you to teach me. I want you to groom me. I want all that, right? So yeah, so I, I'm in California. So then I, I booked a flight out of Las Vegas. My friend, I asked him, I'm like, bro, I'll pay you 90 bucks for your miles. I know you got a lot of miles because, you know, he has great credit. My friend Andre, one of my best friends. He's like, yeah, I got you, man. Give me nine bucks. I'll, I'll get your flight. It's a little bit more, but, you know, it's, it's love. I got you. He books my flight. And then Tim happened to be in Vegas on the radio. They were starting to promote Obsessed. He's like, yo, just show up. We have a show tonight. Just pull up. I'm like, man, I got this flight today. He's like, man, don't worry about it. Come, you know. Uh, and your friend just lent you money for this flight. Like, you couldn't yeah, yeah, be yeah. switching around your flight like that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, can't, yeah. I can't do that. He's like, nah, nah, man. He's like, come through. Show up to a hotel. He's staying at, at the at the Trump. <laughs> He's like, I don't like Trump, but I love his hotel. His hotels <laughs> are dope. I ain't going to lie, bro. You know, I am not a Trump fan. You know, God bless the dude, whatever. The man I keeps know. wavy hotels. It's true. Tim's got, like, top floor. Yeah crazy room i show up he's like where are you staying i'm like i'm staying at the circus circus he's like man go get your stuff you're gonna stay here tonight because he had like a four bedroom suite or something bro 
craziest thing ever. He's like, that's a big, that's a big step up from circus circus. I bro, think are you kidding me? I was staying in this raggedy ass room in circus circus. That's He's like, like going like, from like Sizzler to like the five star LA restaurant, pretty much. Facts, bro. Yeah. So I go get my little Herschel bag. You know, I'm like, oh shoot, I'm staying with Tim. I came back to the room, and the room was crazy, bro. Like mm. I had a TV in the mirrors. I had a bathtub hanging from the side, like looking at the whole strip. I had a TV pop out of my bed. I was like in awe, like, yo, this is crazy. I've never been in a room like this. Mm. So next morning, he booked me my flight. Still, still like $30 in your bank account, though, when I you were no in, this, money. in this room, right? Bro, I, I had no clear. money, bro. <laughs> nothing. Like literally nothing, bro. Like, yeah, my wife would put money because she was, you know, but that's money for bills. You know, we got to pay the bills. Mm. We got to pay rent. Mm. And, and uh, you know, back then, rent felt like it was every week. Yeah. <laughs> because the money just goes. You're week to week. And that is, that's, that's just it. But yeah, he booked me a flight like nothing. He's like, yeah, I'll get your flight in the morning. Michelle hooked it up. She sent me with the flight, made it home. And it was like, boom. And then there's another show with Obsessed in Detroit, which we drive up to. Yo, we're going to come up. Oh, dope. Hung out with Tim. Then out of nowhere, I get an email from Gary. Hey, this is Tim's manager. Um, I know he works with you a lot. And um, we have this opportunity for uh, for Skylanders TV show. You know, they want to get uh, Tim and, and his team a to Netflix do a track. Thing, right? Yeah, Netflix mm-hmm. thing. Um, they're not feeling the track they have. Can you send us a new beat? So, you know, I go above and beyond. I'm like, well, they, they're going to need a song. And Tim had linked me up with this guy named Dalton, who he found on Instagram as well. Tim back then was really searching for just like gems all over the U.S., producers, writers, artists. And I hit up Dalton. I'm like, yo, they just hit me up to do this song. Are you down to do it? This is the direction. Da, 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 da. Boom. I didn't think anything of it. I send the song in instead of a beat. I didn't even say like, oh, there's a song. I was just like, boom. And he top lined it, wrote the thing. And it was the theme song, you know, to, to Skylanders. And Gary was so impressed. He's like, man, I love the way you work. Mm. Can I, I want to represent you. And I was getting ready to sign with somebody else. I was like. I like that. It and just felt right. He didn't charge me commission mm. on the first few jobs. He's wow. like, he, he put some money into my pocket, like some real money. Wow. Real money, you know, that I had never seen. I was used that to seeing like the first real check. Yeah. Was that, I mean, I made a thousand dollars on a beat before. Yeah. But, the, you know, he put some real money. I was like, mm. wow, you can make money like this. Mm. And it was just a Netflix thing. But that was kind of solidified of him seeing. Did you not like, know? But when you said it, like you didn't know you know real money was possible in music though not for me that's the thing right i just love making music i wasn't chasing a bag bro Mm. i wasn't chasing a luxurious life i was Mm. just chasing making music because that's what i love to do and wanted to make music with tim he hits me up this one day he's like yo tim wants to do a session with you you know doing the zumba thing show up to zumba you know, to do my first in-person session with Tim. Mm-hmm. It was such a great time with the Zoom. They got, they got a great team. We're, we're super tight with them. And, um, yo, I'm sitting in the chair. First session with Timbaland. And I turn around and open the door. at Studio A. The door's over here for Hit Factory. And I see Scott Storch. I'm like, yo, nah. <laughs> he, he's in the wrong room. They he's got beef. The- they got beef. Oh, they got beef? Back in the day. Back back in the day. They yeah. had beef. They had the, the piano yeah. man beef, the, the yeah. real producer, okay. blah, yes, blah, blah, yes, blah. Yes, yes, yes. You know, back in the day. I mean, it, it made it entertaining then, but but I'm so, they're super tight now. They're actually, I mean, I can't say much, but they they worked, we worked a lot together with Scott Storch, Timbaland or whatever. Yeah. So Scott, I was like, nah, he's in the wrong room. 
Ooh, he was there to he work. was there for this session that for you this session that this is your first, first real session. session with bro and i got timbaland and scott that's Storch. crazy dog that's crazy. i was in the clouds i was in the cloud i look over to my it's side and i see scott storage bopping and then tim doing his thing on a push right next to me and right session gave me his number and i, I i'm great friends with scott storage i was just with him the other night with ron isley which was insane to you know he called me he's like yo pull up he calls me la bamba La Bamba, yeah, that's amazing. La Bamba. And I love Scott Sturge. He's someone I admire so much, like his yeah. story and his journey as well. When Steve came out, Steve Lobel, his manager, came on the podcast, he had just started working with him. Steve was talking about people doubted him, counted him out and all that. You Big know, time. Scott's been through the ringer, bro. Bro. Yeah. And, and I got to see him get out of it and be, you know, because I got to work with Scott Storch a lot after I came out and stayed at his house a little bit over a month. And I got to kick it with him and chill with his fam and like be there with his. He, he's really come and, out a better man from that whole experience. Oh, right? amazing! He yeah. said the other day I saw him. He he looks so good. He looks like he mentally peace. He's got his son. Incredible! And to see him like that is so like gratifying. Like, like as a fan and as a friend. And the same with Tim. When I went to Tim's house in March. For the first time I went to his house, bro, I was almost in tears. I called him. I'm like, bro, I'm so happy for you. You know, yeah. like going through a divorce is hard. But when you're at a certain level, there's a lot more things involved. Scrutiny on it, for sure. Yeah, yeah, way yeah, more. You that. got the spotlight. You got blogs. You got, you know. Yeah. That, that was probably real hard for him. You're going to dig this quote that I've recently been thinking about a lot, which is, yo, some storms weren't sent to like rock our world. They were set to clear a path big time you see what i mean that's beautiful yeah. that's beautifully said Thanks. big time all the time mm. you, you just don't know it you don't know it because we see one dimension limited human yeah, thing which goes limited. back to your gem earlier which you made sure to point in the camera which i liked and you're like biggest cheat code is zooming out and remembering big picture big picture you know what i mean big picture I was, just, I was just on phone with my friend mark abrams huge. who runs pure mix now and he was one of the first people that helped me out a lot yeah and he was talking about that that video that you're in the park and it zooms out earth and then the galaxy and then the other guy and, and, and you just realize like that's our that's everybody's life yeah big that's, time that's a trip it's bro. wild bro people even counted tim out people mm -hmm. weren't calling tim it, it was like i feel like everybody goes in their career through like ups and downs and he that was a moment for him too where he was sitting out and and, and like he said it he like he didn't have the finger on the pulse like he he it's not that he lost the touch but he was trying to find that next step bro everybody every big even the biggest producers have that moment because you think about pharrell yeah remember pharrell went cold for a little bit and then he, he got hot with um that pump mm -hmm. that brought him back and amazing. then happy happy followed it biggest record ever but he was cold people forget and then dre if you've seen the defiant ones which you've probably seen defiant mm. ones amazing like he just did his label deal Remember, and uh, they were talking about he put out the firm. Remember the firm yeah. put out his own project, and those things didn't hit. It's part of life. It's part of it's life. It's part of the journey, and right? Also, you get to learn the most about yourself and grow the most when you're in those periods. I feel like you're Big not time. learning and growing when you're up high, bro. Nah, you're not. You know, nah, you're it not. Is, yeah, and. And seeing that brought so much peace to me. I, I literally call him like, man, I'm so happy for you. You have no idea how proud I am as a fan, as a, as a friend, as a fan to just, and, and as someone who you mentor and who gets to work with you to see you in this like place, man, mm. like you got verses, we got beat club. It's like, this is amazing, bro. Like, congratulations. It makes me genuinely happy, bro, where you're at. That's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I got to see that, like 
that journey the last few years. You know what I'm saying? You got more moments, so I want to make sure we're catching these yeah, other yeah. moments. So let's get there. So first big session I get called up to, Sam Smith. And it felt like the rookie movie. He's the pitcher. And he's an older guy who's coaching and he happens to have this crazy fastball and he gets drafted to the MLB. So he starts in the AAA and then he gets the call to the majors. Yeah. And that's it. You know, AAA is the league right before the majors. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're eligible to get called up out of nowhere. Like, all right, it's time for you to come play a big boy game. 2016. And I, I remember I posted the picture of, of Dennis Quaid from the movie. I posted the picture subliminal you, you know sometimes you don't want to say everything online to me that was a way to say it i love it bro you feel me so i got the call man and i pulled up and it was already day two and you know i i came up with this part for the bridge or this rhythmic part or whatever and i got to be a part of a sam smith record which is a full circle moment because first time timbaland calls me is during sam smith performance so that was like a full on circle to be a part bro, of Prey. it keeps happening to it you it keeps happening and like you said bro. you got married to coldplay right I and then, again, and that's first, a full circle moment too. And the first you come, you're in the Maybach with Tim, and the first record you hear is like a Coldplay it's record. Coldplay, bro, I'm telling you, it's weird. Little, and it's like little stuff, but when you really think about it, you're like, yo, this is wild. God for keeps this kid. winking at my boy Angel here. Straight up, man. He <laughs> yeah. just keeps like salt laying. Like, I got you. It's, God's been so good, man. So, yeah, so Sam Smith happens, and that same day, he takes me to meet Justin Timberlake. They were working on Man of the Woods. Thank you so much again for tuning in to today's episode. It really means the world to me. If you heard anything relatable that created new awareness for you, please visit our podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or review. This helps build our audience. Please comment, like, and share this episode out with your family, friends, coworkers, or anyone who you feel would benefit from the messages shared in today's episode. I'm really, really grateful for your help in spreading these messages of hope and wisdom. The world is in such great need right now, and your support helps carry the message onward to others who need it. Also, please consider becoming a monthly financial contributor to the podcast. You can do so by visiting connectionismagic.com and clicking on the Patreon link. Patreon is a third-party platform which helps support creators in exchange for exclusive content and offers. You'll be able to get discounted merchandise like comfy hoodies, t-shirts, as well as retreat discounts where we'll have special guest speakers and group activities to connect you with like-minded community members. Again, thank you so much for tuning in and until next time, please stay connected.